Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. It is Monday, March 4th, 2019. This is Monsieur Mangus here in the nation's capital bringing you another stew crew sesh this week with episode 9. Saw a little lineup here for you all tonight, so let's go ahead and just introduce the crew. But before we do that, make sure that you go ahead and subscribe to End of Regulation. As you know, End of Regulation is everything sports and entertainment, changing the industry one podcast at a time. So go and check it out. Let's meet all the individuals that are contributing to this movement. First up, hailing to us from Richmond, Virginia, Tommy Lasagna. How we doing, kid? I've been better. I'm in a bit of a hole right now with uh, Syracuse getting the fucking doors blown off them earlier tonight, but um, hoping to rebound the 9 o'clock slate. Very nice. Well, hopefully we can put a little bit of uh, money in our fans' pockets. Next up, coming to you live from the West Coast, Barrel Chest Grimes. How we doing, son? We're doing good, fellas. Uh, planning my re-entry into the gambling world, Tom, so I'll be, uh, I'll be joining you in the dumps pretty soon, buddy. It's a scary place to be alone. I'm glad to have a friend. <laughs> Last up, coming in to us from Nashville, Tennessee, Mr. Jernigan. How we doing, kid? Uh, living large after that absolute smackdown that my Vols laid on the Kentucky Wildcats this past weekend. Um, oh, go so Vols. Go Vols. In, indeed. Yeah, I mean, after, <laughs> after that, it's, it's, it was always going to be a good week. So we're here. All right, boys. Well, let's go ahead and just get right into it, but let's go ahead and let them all uh, enjoy a little bit of cue music or entertainment music or intro music. Go for it. I think Joe Flacco is actually a very elite quarterback. I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. You got my vote. Number one man, greatest quarterback of all time, hands down, Tom Brady. fucking slam some old fashions before i got on here so we're good <laughs> yeah let's roll then please keep all right that. baby ladies and gentlemen as you know we got to run through our agenda we're gonna throw out there uh, some banner for you as you all know bryce harper signed a massive deal so we're gonna go ahead and walk you through that really what 330 million dollars looks like we're gonna talk a little bit about Men's college basketball with March Madness just around the corner. We got to go ahead and give you our hot takes and what we are looking uh, to put our money on going into this bracket. Uh, so let's go ahead and kick it off. We got some good news here with uh, top six. The AP and coaches polls have the same rankings. We've got the NFL Combine and we've got a little bit of UFC 235. So where do you guys want to start? Uh, let's. Let's talk about Bryce Harper. Knock that shit out. Um, no pun Talk intended. about this tool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, it was not the highest, wasn't even close, really, to the highest per year offer that he had on the table. Um, I can't remember. I think it was the Dodgers uh, were offering, offering him quite a bit more per year. Uh, about 45. Of course, yeah, he was, he was looking for, strangely, uh, you know, it's not what a, a lot of times players who are getting, you know, entertaining contracts like that of course they're oftentimes willing to make the bet on themselves you know that oh well i'll just sign this four-year contract for 45 million per and four years someone's going to want me for even more or you know you know like that's just kind of how they think but of course bryce harper quite the anomaly here um he just kind of settled down for the extremely long-term contract 13 year 330 million dollars 
Um, that that puts him in Philadelphia till he's 39 years old. Uh, fairly certain there was a no trade clause as well. So you know this is this is it for him. This is where he's going to be in perpetuity. So yeah, there's no opt out either. So it's it's interesting where they like really have him locked in because you know he the injuries aside, whatever. Hope hopefully he doesn't get hurt. But I mean Philly's sold him. They're trying to win now, obviously. Uh, and I'm fucking happy for the dude that he landed where he wanted to be, and the Phillies are going to be a fucking problem for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, they have to be a World Series favorite given you know the the rest of the talent that they have, um, and then their you know Cy Young caliber stud and Aaron Nola. They beefed up their bullpen signing David Robinson. Um, I, I I'm scared of the sure. Phillies this year, and we're not even in the same fucking league. Tom, let me let me ask you this, and Phillies talent aside, Bryce Harper solely, do you actually believe that he is worth three hundred and thirty million dollars? Every penny. Yeah. Okay, so and here's my argument: you had a city, Washington, that is, and and obviously you can t- you can attest to this better than I can with knowledge of baseball, but he he didn't necessarily not have talent around him in this city, uh, and he he seemingly wasn't able to get it done, so. My concern is that this kid is kind of a prick. He's, like, <laughs> defriending fucking Ovi and, and Oshi and, and Caps players before he gets picked up by the Phillies. He's, like, tweeting, like, oh, man, I'm here. And he's, like, posting pictures of him in his Phillies gear. I think, first of all, I, I think Bryce Harper's a tool. I don't think he's worth the $330 million, and I don't think he's produced to show that he's worth that $330 million. I, think I think there are far better fucking <clears throat> players in the league than Bryce Harper. Well, I think from a production um, standpoint, I think he's I think he's every bit worth what he's going to get paid for the next ten years. But I, I kind of see where you're coming from from like a leadership standpoint. Um, you know, we've seen the the issues he's had in DC before getting uh, getting in fights in the in the dugout. Pavlon. What was it? Yeah, where he choked. <laughs> yeah, him and Pavlovon choked each other and things like that. And and to that same point, like they haven't been you know very successful. And, and that's the thing about baseball that you know that's why the Red Sox have been as as good as they are cuz they're just super well rounded out from bullpen to lineup to fielding. And whereas like you know one baseball player, you know one bat, one guy in the field, it's not going to it's not going to be auto championships with that. I mean, you you can imagine as a as a fucking doubter of technology from last fucking episode, you can imagine that I'm a bit of a doubter of Bryce Harper. And and I don't think that he's a terrible baseball player. I just really question if three hundred and thirty million dollars is really worth what he's worth. Well, and here's we'll my thing. Out. Here's my thing for them is that uh, not to spend the entire episode on this deal, but one, it is. I'm not going to call it a bargain, but it's 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 barely over twenty million a year. You know what I'm saying? And when when someone like him theoretically is worth, and yeah, Gardner, you're right. There there are only a I wouldn't say a lot, but there are a few players who are better than him on a year-by-year basis. One of his biggest problems has been inconsistency. You know, he had like a, a 10 WAR and then a, a one and a half, which is below league average. Um, but anyways, at that rate, like just, you know, 21, 22 million a year, they're going to have enough money elsewhere to, to mm-hmm. field plenty of good players. Like it's not just, if it were just a, man, we just signed Bryce Harper, let's hope we get some wins now kind of thing, then the answer would be no. He's He's not that baseball isn't that kind of a sport in the first place that allows yeah. one person to just step on the field and all of a sudden you start winning games but you can't at, have a lebron james they're, they're gonna have plenty of money to sign good pinch good pitching 
good good lead off hitting, you know, so, something that he strongly needs, you know, he needs players getting on base before him. So this this isn't the and, end of the road. I'm I'm with Tom. I think Philly's going to be dangerous and I'm a Braves fan, so they are in my division. But And I, that's that's I, the I still thing. Like, like it's it's not a one team or one player thing and Washington's biggest issue has been just not getting it done. Like they had Dusty Baker and he had an all-time team two or three years ago. When they, you know, they had Zimmerman, or Zimmerman was still healthy, Harper was healthy, Scherzer, Scherzer um, and Gio Gonzalez. Yeah, like, they didn't have an excuse not to win it. And I think the fact that Bryce turned down relatively the same contract from the Nationals tells you where he stands with that organization. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, obviously just, we'll see how it plays out. But my my biggest question to you guys, what would you do with $330 million? You don't want to I know, and it's fat, not appropriate for this podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you need to be in a confessional to to say that one. Well, I'll I'll uh, I'll move on here. I just think from what from what I'm hearing from you all, and, and from what I've heard, he's he seemingly is a bit of a cancer. So I'd be interested to see you know what this money does to his ego and and what happens in Philly. But um, I'm excited. How how. How many days do you think Bryce Harper's douche ass can walk the streets of Philadelphia without getting punched? Uh, how many? many days are in 13 years? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> I guarantee you someone's going to knock him out as soon as they start losing baseball games. Well, I see, um, I see that we've got men's college basketball here up next on the, uh, the agenda, but I would, I'd rather move to NFL Combine and do a big chunk of men's college basketball if you guys are cool with that. Fine. Yeah, All right. Fine. Combine. What do you got for All me? right. Well, I mean, honestly, is there anything other uh, to talk about than uh, Megatron? Or, sorry, Metacalf. Is this DK uh, Metcalf? Well, he might, he might be the new Megatron, man. DK Metcalf out of Ole Miss. <laughs> I haven't even heard this name, so you guys have to fill me in. Well, All right. Ba- basically, if you ever played like Madden 05 or 06 when you could build a player <laughs> and he's like 7'10", 300 pounds, 99 overall, this is what this fucking guy looks like. Like, he's, he's the most physical specimen I've ever seen, and he was listed at 1.6% body fat. And he's like 230 pounds. What did he... He had a horrific... Like, he had a pretty bad injury his freshman year, correct? Yeah, I think, uh, I think it was sophomore two year. years ago. He fucked his neck up pretty bad. That's him um, right there, Shakes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I got it. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so so yeah. this guy, so this guy's like six three and a half, two hundred and thirty pounds, one point six percent body fat. Ran a four point three three forty yard dash. Did a forty inch <laughs> vertical. I mean, this dude just placed himself in the in the first round, just like that. Like it literally was a blink of an eye, and he's all anybody can talk about. Um, and so I'm I'm interested to see if he can produce. I mean, relatively unknown at, at Ole Miss, so. Don't know if that's more of him being injured or if, or if that's more, you know, Ole Miss coaching not being able to, you know, bring out the best right. in some of these players. And, but. I mean, sometimes guys just can't play ball, you know, regardless yeah. of and, how good. And I think this also, I think this also segues pretty well into Tom's point, and I think also shakes you agree with this a little bit. Like, I think we continuously see these individuals just blow up and go viral during the NFL Combine, and really, like, what much do we see of them? afterwards right. like to a certain degree we do but like you know what's his name uh Shaquem, you know Shaq Griffin last year an armless NFL player made it into the league you know and in complete fucking anomaly but like what what has he fucking done 
You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I guess he's been a bit of a, a defensive addition, but at the same time, like, my question to you, and as Tom, as, as a skeptic and a doubter of the combine, do you think that this kid's going to pan out, or do you think this is just a, a viral sensation? I mean, I'm not a skeptic of it. My whole issue with the combine is, like, who fucking cares? Like, it, it's just the <laughs> NFL trying to, like, you know, keep themselves in the limelight during the offseason. Right. Yeah. That's like, why we got I, I don't yeah. fucking care how fast you can run with no clothes on and nobody chasing you. Like, that's all good and well and to, to a point. Um, but a lot of these guys, it's the intangibles. It's the off-the-field stuff that they're looking for. Like, you know, can this guy hold his own in a conversation? Um, can't you know? Does he know what he's talking about when it comes to football terms? And I, I mean, yeah, a majority of these high draft picks don't turn out for that reason. Um, but you give me fifty-two man roster and this fucking specimen, I'll find a way to make it work for this right. guy. <laughs> That's a fair point, well, and, and a lot of it's like depends on what situation he goes into, right? Like he can go to like you know Arizona with like a you know or something like or like Buffalo and and, and be in a system where it's just kind of hard to be successful from the get-go yeah um, Buffalo sounds right right I mean who knows we'll see what Josh Rosen but beside the point I mean I gotta say too like I'm kind of with you guys here the the combine seems to be kind of a joke I mean every single year you read the articles about teams asking players just the most bizarre questions that have nothing to do with anything related to football I know one guy this year got asked by the Seahawks to be in a staring contest which, no. you know what I mean? Like, I think it's supposed to like test no. their character, but like, yeah, that was a hundred percent a thing. And it's I just would like, win the shit out of that. <laughs> <laughs> if the only thing I had to do to make it yeah, in the yeah. NFL I was would be the number content. one overall draft pick. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, man, it's, uh, we'll but, see where this kid pans out. But um, so, what are some of the other so stuff one one interesting thing about the combine this year is that Kyler Murray Heisman winner hasn't been participating. Fuck that kid. I'm um, already you guys think of that. <laughs> yeah, right, dude. Two weeks ago, you wanted him to be a giant. Um, no, no, so he did get right, measured. Let's let's clear the air. He was there. He did get measured, but he was just not yeah. participating in any of the quarterback drills or anything like that, uh, the 40, et cetera, et cetera. What's the point no, of that? I, I take I, I take that back. I, I, I respect the kid. I think he's been, minus the fact that he hasn't been participating in drills, I think he's been relatively quiet given the fact that the Cardinals side of things has been like, Fucking done deal, man. Wrapped up. Kyler Murley's coming in. Draft pick number uno. Um, tweeting that shit, saying you know straight up to the NFL that this is is what's going to happen. So I, I do respect him to that degree that he's been like kind of playing this cool, calm, and collective. Um, but I, I kind of think it's a bit, bit of a douche move not to participate. Yeah, I agree. And and one thing I will add, you know, he's only doing the speaking with the media and all that stuff. I don't know about you guys, but he seems like an awkward fucking duck to me. Like he doesn't speak I mean, very he well. Gonna, He's like he kind of play baseball. They're kind of a weird breed, dude. No, I, Gardner look at, look does have Tom. that. Very true, <laughs> man. Hard to argue. I'm a fucking savage. Dude. Hard to argue. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about him. You know, it's like he just seems like a really small. He just kind of seems like Johnny Manziel 2.0. You know, and like. I don't know if it didn't work out for. I know Johnny had a minus lot of, minus the cocaine, <laughs> right? I guess I should say minus that. But um, you know, there's a reason that he just couldn't play, and it wasn't it wasn't the fact that he was doing cocaine. It was just that he just couldn't quite play. And I think Kyler Murray is going to be the same way. I, honestly, I wouldn't. I would say the Cardinals would be idiots to do what they're about to do. 
but uh, that's not really the question here. He just we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, Cliff Cliff Kingsbury, the new head coach, said in like December, like or whenever before he even got the job, he was like, "Yeah, I'll I, I would draft him number one overall," and that sucks now for Josh Rosen, who they just took with the tenth pick last year. Um, get it? I mean, it's a tough tough time to be a, the quarterback for the Cardinals. Like that franchise was just destined for you know, doom this year. Yeah, Cliff, and, Cliff Cliff was also coaching high school last year. <laughs> there, I mean. Yeah, so there's that. Um, but at the same time, it's like, what happens to Josh Rosen now? Like, is somebody going to be dumb enough to pick this kid up? Uh, All the right. Giants. And I'll be Royal on please, fucking... No. I'm, on, I'm being recorded right now, and I told this to Tom, and I said I would put this on record. I will become a fucking Patriots fan if the Giants pick up Josh Rosen. Oh, I my God. To, I, <laughs> I wouldn't say that I out loud. Swear, I swear it's gonna happen. to God. All right. I hope all of our followers hold you to that. Yeah. Well, I on that, that psycho far, note, yeah. let's Dude, talk about some college basketball. Let Let's please, let's please, please. <laughs> it's gonna get me so aggravated. Sorry, yeah. Josh. All right. Well, like we said, March Madness is around the corner. Uh, there's a lot of really good games that we've got in our lineup picks that we've thrown out there for you all uh, to get in and locked. Hopefully, putting some money in your pocket. But let's go ahead and just kick it off here um, with the new top six. New polls are out. I'm going to turn it over to you guys to kind of uh, walk our listeners through the current rankings. Yep. So um, top six has pretty much been the same all year long, you know, um, since after the first week or two. But as it stands right now, it's Gonzaga, UVA, UNC uh, with five losses, which is a bit surprising. Uh, Duke at four, Tennessee at five, and Kentucky at six, uh, as we kind of alluded to earlier in the intro. Um, Tennessee and Kentucky just had their big rematch this past weekend with Tennessee winning uh, by a score of 71-52, to 52, I think. Uh, UNC and Duke have their rematch uh, coming up this upcoming weekend. And, of course, as everyone knows, UNC took that first one. Um, but, yeah, I mean, really the big, the big question uh, that everyone has uh, is, you know, does UNC belong in that three spot with the five losses? And then, of course, this late in the season – one week left in the regular season, and then of course uh, tournament championships coming up after, or uh, conference tournaments coming up after that. Um, you know who deserves the the four number one seeds? Uh, I think it's pretty unanimous that Gonzaga has it. They have just been blowing out teams like by twenty, thirty points. And yeah, I know they won sixteen conference games by an average score of twenty four points, average margin of twenty four points. Yeah, and I mean, they did what they could before conference play started. They scheduled Duke. They scheduled Tennessee. Uh, you know, they're doing their best, and, I, you know, they're always here. And unfortunately, because of all that, I think they're going to get the number one overall seed uh, just because all these other teams are just beating up on each other. Um, but it's really going to come down to next weekend. I think I, I think it's hard to, to hold Duke's losses without Zion against them just because – I mean, it's fucking Zion Williamson. Um, and it's going to come down to, you know, that three-headed ACC monster in UVA, UNC, and Duke, and who who can really claw their way out of the tournament next week. Um, and, and even still, this Saturday we have Duke-UNC. And so, if theoretically, if Duke beats UNC, they split their season series. Tennessee and Kentucky split. Um, you know, I, I think the the winners of each of those should both get a number one seed. I think it's people will argue that the ACC is the ACC, <laughs> um, but you know the SEC isn't a pushover, and 
as top heavy as they are, like I, whoever comes out of that on top deserves a number one overall seed, uh, despite both those teams being five and six right now. Yeah, I mean, of course, I'm not to uh, not to get too complicated with it. The the fourth number one seed is really going to come down to the SEC um, tournament, just because you know um, if if one of those two teams we're talking about outshines the other, or if they happen to meet in the semifinals or the finals you know, between Tennessee and Kentucky, that's probably going to be the final straw. There's a chance, of course, they have to play again in that tournament. And that's, you know, all this is assuming both teams take care of business this week um, in their final two games. But, you know, assuming they do, I, I agree that, that one of those number one seeds is going to an SEC team. Um, UNC and Duke, like we talked about, have to play each other. So that's an automatic loss for one of those teams. And then really, you know, as it stands right now, um, all the experts are saying if they had to choose right now, the number one seeds would be Gonzaga, UVA, Duke, and Tennessee, which, of course, I'm extremely biased, but I agree with. You know, Tennessee's three losses on the season, uh, two in overtime. One of those was on a neutral court to full-strength Kansas all the way back in November. Um, one was in overtime also at LSU, who's number 10 in the country. And then, of course, the other one was at Kentucky. So, are, we haven't lost to a team outside the top 15, you know, three losses versus UNC's five. Their strength of schedule is a little bit more, tougher, quite a bit tougher, in fact. Um, but, you know, a, if we were to win the SEC tournament, there's no way you can't give a one seed to Tennessee. And on, on the flip side, if Kentucky wins the SEC, SEC tournament outright, I think you could say the same thing. So that, and we'll see what happens uh, this so, weekend in North Carolina. Here's my question to you guys, and obviously um... – you know, you guys are, are going to be able to speak on it better than I am. But from an outside perspective, kind of having followed this and looked at Gonzaga's schedule, with the exception of beating Duke by fucking, what, eight points uh, early on in the season, they lost to UNC, they lost to Tennessee. They, they have a, I would give them mediocre at best schedule in terms of competition. Uh, and yet, you know, they're sitting here up at a uh, at a number one seed while the while the rest of these individuals play, you know, a pretty heated, thick batch of competitors that produce nothing but fucking talent to the NBA year after year. Right. Um, so I get, you know, question is like, do you believe that Gonzaga deserves to be sitting at this spot? Do they have the actual talent, or is this just a UC, you know, a UCF situation? Well, I think like um, Tom mentioned earlier, you can't really take away Duke's games uh, or you can't really factor too much into Duke's games without Zion. I'm, I'm not super of that belief personally but I do think that the committee has, has clearly been that way uh, which is why you know they've, they've had a loss in each of the last few weeks and they're still right there uh, ranked number four. Um, so obviously the committee is factoring in injuries and when it comes to Gonzaga they've been playing this entire season aside from like seven games without their uh, best guard, who really is one of the best guards in the country. And um, I can't think of his name at the moment, but the committee is clearly taking that into consideration at the same time. You know, they do have two losses, like you said, and both of those teams are sitting right behind them in the rankings. The rest of their schedule clearly can't hold up. But I think, you know, the, the voters are just kind of factoring in the fact that they've done all this and they've beaten all of their conference opponents by 24 points a game and they've done all that without their best player that's that's probably there and really you know just at the end of the this has been one of the best seasons ever as far as yeah i i guess that's i guess that's the cool 
a bit of that. The, is that the only the out. only thing with the number one overall seed is they get to choose which bracket they're in. So if Gonzaga gets to choose and they're in the West, they're going to have teams from all over the country having to go to the West Coast to play them. That will be, yeah, just the number one seed gets to choose their. Uh, I don't think their, it's that their way. Quadrant, it's so, so but so speak. again, they kind of set themselves up for success, right? Like, <laughs> in a way, yeah. I mean. Well, I mean, and of course, you know, going back to the point I made earlier, it when it when you get outside of the top four, it does matter. You know, I say all that hoping to God that Tennessee is a number one seed because when you talk about having to play, you know, whoever that ones and twos are eventually going to have to play each other, you know, assuming they take take care of business. I don't want Tennessee in Duke's bracket, just as I'm sure Duke doesn't want to be in Tennessee's bracket. You know, those that, that sort of stuff does matter, but, you know, you, you take care of business in the regular season and your conference tournament. And, and then you go play with the big boys in the, in the big dance. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm excited. We're going to be obviously talking a hell of a lot about it uh, going into next week for episode 10. We'll be posting a bunch of it on social media, so make sure you guys stay um, you know, up to speed with everything that's going on. Uh, last thing I'll, I'll throw out to you all before we wrap up with uh, men's college basketball, who are, uh, who are some of the sleeper picks that you guys have? I'm still on Wofford. I said that early in the season. Uh, that They've done nothing to make me think any differently right. about them. Harry, you got anything for us? I'll have I'll have some dark horse picks next week. All right, good. Tom, you saving yours for next week as well? Uh, it's not so much a sleeper pick, but Kansas State will be probably a three seed, and I think they can beat anybody in the country. I'll leave it at that. Um. My my only other sleeper pick would be Samford, like S A M Samford, um, out of Alabama. Tennessee faced them earlier in the year. Um, they they have just an incredibly like long team. They have a couple of big men, both over seven foot, uh, athletic enough to score at the rim, um, not just defenders. Um, so honestly, I would look for them. I think they're in the Southern Conference. I would probably be picking them to win the Southern Conference and, uh, um, you know, see them in the tournament. Very cool. All right, well, let's um, let's go ahead and wrap things up here in terms of just kind of everything in the world of sports with some UFC 235. Um, wasn't able to get too much. Um, I didn't get to watch too much of this, to be completely honest with you, but apparently, uh, according to those that viewed it, it was a complete waste of time and looked a hell of a lot better on paper beforehand. Um so I'll turn it. We've got two of them sitting yeah, right I'll turn here it the over to, yeah, uh, to the Grimes, individuals that watched it. Grimes, why don't you take this? Yeah, so, I mean, in, in all honesty, it was a bit of a waste of time. There were just, you know, none of the fights were that interesting or exciting. I would say, weirdly enough, probably the best fight of the night, and it was one of the shorter ones, or I think it was the shortest, was Robbie Lawler versus Ben Askren. Uh, really, really weird fight. Um, Robbie Lawler tagged, you know, Askren like right off the gate, or right out of the gate, cut his eye open, uh, and then like, before you knew it, Askren put him in, in this. Uh, I think it was called a bulldog choke, and you know, didn't didn't exactly get the neck. Uh, you know, Lawler had his chin under there, so he was still able to breathe and, and was not out by any means, and uh, had one of the most controversial um, decisions of the night. Uh, Herb Dean, who was the referee decided that Lawler was out because there was a, a moment where Lawler's hand fell to the ground. It looked like it was limp and it looked like he was out cold. Um, but as soon as Askren, you know, released and, you know, once the, the fight was called, um, 
you know, Lawler jumped right up and, and, and protested it. But, uh, you know, it's kind of one of the the tougher decisions of being a, a ref in that sport is, you know, if you don't make the call and the guy gets seriously injured, then then you're just, at, you know, you're just as much fault uh, than if you call it too short. So didn't hate that he called it when he did. Uh, you know, Lawler would have been in that situation for, I think it was another like two minutes or two and a half minutes. And, and for him to, you know, deal with that for another two two minutes of having his head just completely locked in this guy's arm uh you know probably wouldn't have gone so well so uh, you know i didn't, didn't hate the call um that was ben Askren's first fight in the ufc after coming over from uh whatever the the uh bellator or whatever no no he came over from japan i forget what the the, the name of the of the fight company is but um yeah overall this it, it just wasn't really much uh you know interesting to see Kamar Usman, uh, all by the way, Kamar Usman who beat Tyron Woodley for the, uh, I believe those, yeah, the welterweight belt. Uh, interesting fight, not very exciting. A lot of a lot of fighting in the clinch, just kind of holding him against the fence. Um, but this Usman guy is a pretty interesting story. Uh, came up, you know, from Nigeria. Uh, he was, you know, had all the respect in the world for Tyron Woodley afterwards. You know, always appreciate the, uh, always appreciate the, the sportsmanship of that. So. Um, I don't know, Tom. What, what other fights did you, uh, did you, uh, did you, uh, you, uh, my, my biggest issue with the whole thing was that they brought John Jones back, who is bar none the greatest fighter of all time. Uh, I'll, I don't care about the steroids. I don't care about the cheating. The guy is a fucking freak <clears throat> fighter, and he just made a fucking shit show of poor Anthony Smith. Um, kudos to Anthony Smith for literally just taking a pounding for 25 minutes. I was surprised that the ref just let it go because there was points where Jones was just like holding him uh, and just throwing whatever, you know, combo, kick, whatever at him. And this Anthony Smith guy just fucking ate it. So kudos to him. But it's like, if you're going to bring back your probably your biggest name in the sport and you're going to put him at the stage for the light heavyweight belt, like get somebody in there that is going to make it interesting. Yeah. Like from, from the get-go... Anthony Smith just like didn't deserve to be in the same ring as him, and like I, I, that's just bad for business, especially when UFC is making this push to have fights every week and you know so, trying to draw more and more people. It's like, it, why why do I have to tune in when I know what's going right. to happen? No, I I totally agree. That fight was a huge bore. I mean, you know, John Jones got to display a little bit of his you know his repertoire of of you know using you know spinning back heel kicks. I think Joe Rogan was right to the super plexus. I think Joe Rogan called it. Um, yeah, it's a body part, I guess. Uh, but yeah, overall the fight, you know, just wasn't that exciting. You knew who's going to win right from the start. And then uh, I think the the shit <laughs> the shittiest fight. And, and Tom, I know you've got some beef with this. Was Cody Garbrandt? No, what do you call him? Yeah, fuck Cody Garbrandt. Cody No. Cody No Chin. So so up until he fought T.J. Dillashaw, his nickname was Cody No Love. And after TJ knocked him out the first time, I coined the term Cody Nochin. And um, I think I fucking cursed him because since coined. then he's gotten knocked out three times. Yeah. Uh, twice from TJ. And then this fucking Pedro Munoz guy who I've never heard of um, just fucking put him to sleep again. And it's like, dude, get rid of your neck tattoos, hang the gloves up, and take a seat next to Joe Rogan. Because your time in the ring is done. I think he's got to go. Like you, I think he's got to go. You've now lost back three consecutive a, fights. How do you come back from that? I think he's got to go back to being a bouncer at a bar. I mean, like, dude, <laughs> who's gonna? Fuck, how do you? How do you? Who is he gonna stop? How, how do you get knocked out? <laughs> I'll knock him out. How do you out. go from? How do you go from absolutely schooling <laughs> Dominic Cruz, who's one of the best 
you know, one of the best fighters to ever do it in that weight class to getting just absolutely embarrassed by TJ Dillashaw twice. And then fighting this Pedro Munez guy who's the number nine fighter in the weight class, not number nine contender. And, and the same thing happens. This dude just like left himself vulnerable, caught it to the chin, and was out cold instantly. So. Yeah, I don't know. Co- it's like me versus Harry. <laughs> Co- Cody does this thing where like he. I, I think he like takes a hit and he gets like, you know, all of a sudden he's like, oh, I gotta, I gotta get back in there. And he just opens, opens himself up for a way too predictable counter punch. And it's happened three times in a row now. And it's just like, I feel bad for the guy. You know, he went to, from Bantam, like you said, Bantam weight champion to fucking God knows where in the pecking order now. Yeah. I, I mean, retirement's gotta be in the cards. Dog, there's always a lull before fucking McGregor comes back and takes the stage. I know, I can't wait. Always alone. People are, I, well, there's been a lot of talk about him and um, Cerrone fighting, which would yeah. be fucking badass. Probably two of the most badass guys in all of UFC. Um, I would love to see that happen, but... I think... D- do, do you know what's up with Conor? I think, uh, I think Dana White <laughs> threw some water on that fire a little bit. Um, this weekend saying that it was nowhere nowhere close nowhere qu- uh, close to uh, to being finalized, but that's the fight everyone wants to see. Uh, Conor's got to get a win under his belt before he starts going back and, and fighting for titles and, and things like that. Um, yeah, he's not he's not going to step into the ring with him after fucking after that 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 loss. That could I be. Just, yeah, he's got to get a W or else you know you're looking at retirement on, also, on the horizon horizon for him too. I also fully believe we should start a GoFundMe. To get a fucking McGregor could be round two. Like, if I don't see that before I fucking die, I I will lose my shit. I think shit. I think it'll like happen the before they die. I think it'll yeah, happen, but yeah. I don't I don't know how. I think the outcome would be relatively the same. Khabib's got that boring oh, ass style fight, but I still I'll still get a tingle in my pants and get drunk. You know, watching. Oh hell yeah. I don't. I don't think they're ever gonna fight just for the well-being of like one of those guys will die in the ring if they ever set foot in it yeah, together. That's why I want to watch it. Maybe we should just fund it. No refs. No holds barred. Bare knuckle boxing. Like, w- WWF. You know, steel cage yeah, bare rules. Knuckle. And yeah. just let them fucking kill each uh, other. <laughs> this is our in. This is our in, boys. <laughs> hey Tom, it's one other question I had because yeah. I, I totally skipped over it. What is does John Jones go up to heavyweight? next because there's like no one to fight in light heavyweight well i don't i don't think dc is gonna fight him at what about heavyweight like i think he's been pretty adamant um yeah i mean i don't know john jones i think right now is just happy to be back fighting um clean piss with the belt around his waist and i, I think he's gonna milk that for a little bit and welcome you know whatever yeah. lightweight i think i saw he's, or light heavyweight i think he's slated up. to fight four times this year I mean, yeah, he's been out for fucking Ever. He's just gonna fight two years on drugs, yeah. so. We'll see. We'll see, we'll I see. Know. I just hope he fucking stays off the needle. I hope he fights Brock Lesnar. That That's a, the that fight HGH, I want to see. man, so good. What do you think about that? Who's Brock so Lesnar <laughs> versus John Jones. Yeah, bring back Brock Lesnar. That would, that would be, be an fucking, epic that fight. Would, actually, I would pay for Hell that. Yeah. And Chuck Liddell. Yeah, and, and Chuck, yeah, sure. The Ice Man. They'll do it. Like, they'll do it. They'll do a tag team fight of Brock Lesnar, John Jones, Chuck Liddell, and like fucking GSP. Dude, the Liddell Superman punch Kimbo, was like yeah, one Kimbo of the most iconic like, things ever. What's that? I said the fucking uh, Liddell fucking 
Superman punch in that UFC game that they came out with probably, what, 10 years ago was just the most oh, – Werner yeah. used to jerk yeah, off to that. Time. It was like my go-to. I would just throw it. I wouldn't even play. I would just, like, change the outfits. Um, <laughs> all right, well, let's go ahead and wrap it up. Let's go ahead and close things out here tonight. As always, we've got some buzzer beaters for you all. So I'll kick it over to Harry Douglas to uh, start us off here. Yeah, just a little English Premier League update. Um, after this weekend, Man City beat West Ham one nothing in what was kind of a dominant performance, not by the score but by like possession and shots and all that stuff. And uh, you know, warms my heart to hear that uh, Liverpool drew with Everton. And I think my roommate probably heard that, and he's going to get a little angry about this. But uh, what that means is that now Man City, for the first time... In is he a Liverpool fan? Oh, yeah, big time. Ugh. Big time. And uh, so that means for the first yes, time sir. in 2019, Man City has uh, the number one spot on the table uh, with the same amount of games played as Liverpool. So going to be a really, really uh, exciting finish to the season. I think there's about nine games left uh, in the in the Premier League, and... Man City still got to play Tottenham. They still got to play Man U, um, and I think uh, Liverpool's got a couple of tough games as well. So we'll keep you up to date on that. Uh, what last thing is, unfortunately, Tiger Woods had to drop out this weekend of the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Sucks. He's got some neck pains, but uh, I guess he's he's gearing up for the players, which is going to be coming up at I believe the end of March. Let's go. So looking forward to that. All right, Tommy Lasagna, what do you got for us, kid? Uh, you know, the, my, a lot of people's favorite thing about March is uh, March Madness. However, with March also comes real baseball. Uh, spring training is in full <clears> effect <throat> now. The players are playing. Get ready. Um, we're going to have some more baseball talk coming soon. Just uh, I know how much you guys love baseball. Uh, so I'm going to keep you updated all season long on what's what. I said it before, and I'll say it again. If you watch spring training, you're a serial killer. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't say I'm watching spring training. It's just happening. It's happening. Dude, I, w- I went to a Yankee spring training game uh, for pre or for you know early season for lacrosse one year down in Florida, and I fell asleep for literally nine innings. It was just grueling. It's a nice way to take a nap. But um, uh, it was yeah, that I, is yeah, nice copped way to a nice tan in Florida. Crack yeah, <laughs> nap. All right, well, I'll, uh, I'll roll things out here. First, before I close this out, I want to give a shout-out. My great-grandmother, I'm fortunate enough to still have her in my life, is going to be 95 coming up, and she has never had a fucking taco. 95 years of living, never has had a taco. So my mom went out, bought her a taco today, absolutely loved it, crushed it, mucked, I mean, chow, duh, what kind of taco? So, um... It was just a regular beef taco. She had a little guac. She had a little salsa. She had a little cilantro. You know, all the fixings. Uh, It was epic, dude. My mom sent me a video of her. It was like those videos you see of of deaf kids getting those implants and hearing for the first time. Fucking (laughs) eating a taco after 95 years of living. Like, come on. You got to post that on our Instagram. (laughs) I'll, I'll throw it up there, but... Uh, I digress. So shout out to uh, to Nani. I love you. You're an absolute legend. But thank you as always for all of you who are joining us here tonight. Uh, if you're not already, please make sure to go ahead and check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. More importantly, we need you to go ahead and subscribe to our podcast now. Your subscription to our podcast is our lifeblood. So get it done. We're on iTunes. 
Yeah, I'm I'm trying to put my kids <laughs> yeah, through college. Yeah, we're trying, up in here trying to get a motherfucking scholarship. <laughs> scholarship. So we're on iTunes and Spotify. So so we're basically like, you know, Barstool at this point. It's like really bigger. cool. Like really yeah, but cool. Bigger, but bigger. So uh, make sure to check us out, and uh, we'll go ahead and turn it over to our boy uh, Shakes to give, you, give us a little music history. All right. Thanks, Gardner. Uh, today, this day in 1963, uh, the Beach Boys released Surfing USA, which then went on to number one. Let's on go, charts. man. So, fucking Beach later, Boys. Let's yeah. surf my ass <laughs> out of here. Meeting in the fucking green room, baby. Later. Everybody's gonna serve it, serving USA. 